0: Awesome, guys. Listen, for a few minutes, I want to share a story. So I want to invite all the kids, guys, come sit right down here. We're going to have story time for a few minutes. I want to share a phenomenal story with you. Come on up. I want you guys, come come on, kids. You come sit down on here. Now, I got a question for y'all. Has anybody ever heard of this story right here? Who's heard of this story before? You have? Yes. Dr. Seuss's Horton Hears a Who. Anybody out in the crowd heard that before, Horton Hears a Who? Who's seen the movie, raise your hand. God, love that movie. Does everybody love this story? Yeah. It's a phenomenal story. Real quick, can anybody tell me what's it about? What is this about? It's about an elephant. It's about an elephant. What's his name? Horton. Horton. And what's, what's so special about Horton? He hears, the who. he hears the Who. Wow, that's incredible. I want to, so guys, if you give me a few minutes, I want to share this story today, Horton Hears a Who. And this is so phenomenal because what I've learned is our nation, as you guys would know, just has walked through a pretty, pretty challenging week. It's no surprise with the overturning of Roe v. Wade that happened, which was a massive, <laughs> yes, some, some massive answer to prayer in our nation. And But there's also been a a response from the church. (laughs) There's also, this sounds like my house. I have five kids. This is normal for me. But it's also, um, it's also caused a response in our nation, especially in the church, where there's been a lot of confusion because I've seen a lot of folks in the church don't know if they should celebrate this or not because there is another group of people that are hurt and wounded or offended. I want to share this story today that will really, spark faith in your heart of what God's doing in America. And what if I told you that God foreknew the whole Roe v. Wade narrative and he concealed it in the children's story, Dr. Seuss, Seuss's Horton Hears a Who. Okay, we'll start here. You guys see this slide right here? So about a year and a half ago, a group of us went to Washington, D.C. to pray. Now you see the guy in the red shirt? You see him in the corner, guys, in the beard? His name is Matt Lockett. Were you guys here when Matt Lockett and Will came and shared at our church? Do you remember that about a year or two ago? There's a phenomenal story um, of what God has done with them. Well, Matt runs a what they call the Justice House of Prayer, Washington, D.C. And for so many years, they've been praying over the issue of life for a small group of people. Well, this story that I'm about to share came out of the Justice House of Prayer in D.C. And it happened in 2005, Guess what happened? In 2005, they begin to pray for this, this pro-life movement. And a 15-year-old little girl had a dream. Anyone here 15-year-old? There we go. Kaylee Preacher, Bodie, 15 years old. She had a dream. Guess what the dream was? In the dream, she walks into this real big house. And over top of the house, it says, the who? The who? She walks in the house and upstairs in the attic are a series of books that are for a future time. She wakes up and like, I don't know what this dream means. She submitted it to the leaders. The leaders look at it and go, we don't know what this dream means. They're thinking the British rock band, the who? Some of you older know what I'm talking about. They're like, what does this mean? But they knew it was from God. So they pray and they say, God, if this dream is from you, you got to give us a sign. So the next day, an email comes to the Justice House of Prayer staff. And it's a gentleman that says, I've been praying a lot and studying about life, the value of life that God has in the Bible. And I feel like he showed me a missing piece to pro-life into this issue in our nation. And it has to do with Dr. Seuss's book, Horton Hears a Who. Now, if you guys remember this story, it's phenomenal. So Horton is a big elephant who has really big ears, and he has a really big trunk. And he represents a portion of the church that can hear what nobody else can hear. Isn't that phenomenal? Yeah. And so in the story, there's the little who's of Whoville. And there are these little tiny people, this little community that no one in the jungle can hear or, or even think or see, except Horton. Horton can only hear them, and so what happens in the story is that Horton is trying to protect them. Does anybody know who Horton's trying to protect them from? From the kangaroo. From the kangaroo. The kangaroo is trying to kill him because he thinks there are people on Maddie Joy, you know this story better than I do. <laughs> I mean, you need to come up here and teach this. Yeah. That was. come give me five? That was. That was right on. Ah, oh, come on, Maddie Joy. That's exactly right. The kangaroo is trying to kill the who's a whoville. Now watch this slide. The theme of this story is this, a person's a person, no matter how small they are. Now let's look at this kangaroo. You got to have ears to hear what I'm saying this morning. This kangaroo is really mad and wants to kill the Who's of Whoville. They think Horton's crazy. No one in the jungle believes Horton. And Horton is trying his very best to save the Who's. So the kangaroo, what, what does that represent? I'll tell you what it represents. Are you ready? It represents a kangaroo court. Oh, now I didn't know this guys, but I actually had to look this up. By definition, it's a real term. A kangaroo court from Merriam-Webster's dictionary means this. It's a mock court in which the principles of law and justice are disregarded and perverted. Court characterized by irresponsible, unauthorized, or irregular status or procedures. In Germany during World War II, Hitler was known for setting up kangaroo courts to prosecute the Jews. That's That's how they pushed a lot of their laws, and it was an unjust court. In this storyline, the kangaroo represents in many ways the Supreme Court who made a law in Roe v. Wade in 1973 that made the constitutional right for abortion to happen and we know for babies in the wombs to die. So now, think about Horton. So here's the kangaroo who wants to come after the Who's of Whoville, the, uh, the, the come after the unborn and Horton, no, he's like, I have to protect the Who's of Whoville. So, In the story, you know what? Matter of fact, can I read it? It's just so phenomenal. Let me just read what happens here. So in the story, listen to what it says. It says, and Horton went to the mayor of Whoville and he said, don't give up. I believe in you all. A person's a person, no matter how small. And you very small persons will not have to die if you make yourselves heard. So come on now and try. It's phenomenal. And Horton called back, I can hear you just fine, but the kangaroo's ears aren't quite as strong as mine. They don't hear a thing. Are sure, Are you sure all of your boys are doing their best? And are they all making noise? Are you sure every who down in Whoville is working? Quick, look through your town. Is there anyone shirking? Through the town rushed the mayor from the east to the west, but everyone seemed to be doing his best. Everyone seemed to be yapping and yipping. Everyone seemed to be beeping and bipping, but that wasn't enough. All this ruckus and roar, he had to find someone to help him make more. He raced through each building. He searched floor to floor, and just as he felt he was getting nowhere, and almost to give up in despair, he suddenly discovered that the mayor found one shirker, shirker, quite hidden away in the Fairfax Apartments, Apartment 12J. Fairfax, Virginia is right out of D.C. The number 12 in the Bible stands for government and J stands for justice. He found little Jojo in Apartment 12J And now he was bouncing his yo-yo, not making a sound, not a yip, not a chirp. And the mayor rushed inside and he grabbed the young twerp. (laughs) Don't you love it? And he climbed with the lad up the Eiffelberg Tower. This cried out to the mayor. It's our town's darkest hour. Excuse me. The time for all who's who have blood that is red to come to the aid of their country, he said. I believe that's about carrying the blood of Jesus. Do you know that the blood of Jesus speaks a better word? Do you guys know that even in the Bible, there was a story where Abel, who was an innocent man, was killed by his brother? And the Bible says his innocent blood has a voice that God can hear. Innocent blood has a voice that is loud in the ears of God. But there's even a blood that has a louder voice than innocent being shed and that is Jesus. Jesus' blood speaks a better word. Guys, we have have so many failures. We get it wrong. We fall short, but it's the blood of Jesus that wipes everything away. We can never forget that. So we've got to make noises in greater amounts, so open your mouth, lad, for every voice counts. Thus he spoke as he climbed. When he got to the top, the lad cleared his throat, and he shouted, yop, yop. And that yop, that one small extra yop, put it over the top. Finally, at last, from the speck on that clover, their voices were heard. They rang out clear and clean, and the elephant smiled. Do you see what I mean? They proved that they are persons no matter how small, and the whole world was saved by the smallest of all. How true. Yes, how true, said the big kangaroo. And from now on, you know what I'm planning to do from now on, I am going to protect them with you. (laughs) This court is now protecting what it came against. This is unbelievable. And the young kangaroo in their pout said, me too. Guys, this is a phenomenal story. This is not even the best part. When this came out in 2005 at the Justice House of Prayer, they put a blog out. The next day, a daycare worker responds back and calls and says, you won't believe what's happening in my daycare. She said, I had a student come in and she was wearing a Dr. Seuss Horton Hears a Who backpack. Another student came in and had the uh, stuffed doll of the Who from Whoville. But the thing that really took the cake was a 10-year-old that came in and went to the teacher and said, I had a dream last night. And in the dream, I dreamed of Dr. Seuss's Horton Hears a Who. And in the dream, instead of all of the Who's shouting, Yop, they were actually saying, Stop. the voice of the unborn saying, stop. Ha, is that unbelievable? What is Y-O-P-P? I feel like this is what it means. It's what happens when young ones pray and prophesy. Guys, I don't think this is coincidence. I don't think, you can't make this up. All of the 15 year old's dream, she solves the who for books made for the future Isn't it like our God to take the the foolish things of the world to confound the wise? What if God has actually concealed what he wanted to do in this narrative of Horton Hears a Who about where we are as a nation right now on life? For me, I don't know about you, but this really raises my faith so much to say, man, this is on God's heart. This is what he wants. Does that make sense? But you got to think about it, right? Because the moral of the story is a person's a person's no matter how small and every voice counts. I feel like we're in a moment right now where God is saying every voice counts from the oldest of old to the youngest of young. You have a voice that is heard by God and your voice matters. Your voice matters. And I, I'm telling you, think about this. In the days, in the days of the Civil War, there was a lot of good people. There was a lot of Christians, a lot of godly men and women of God, but they were silent over the issue of slavery, and they were judged by history. In the civil rights movement, a lot of good people, a lot of godly people, but they remained silent during the days of the civil rights movement and history judged them. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be 50 years from now and the history looks back and says, man, you are part of one of the the, the the most greatest atrocities that were happening and you never used your voice. A person's a person no matter how small. And I don't know about you, but I get so stirred up when I think about how God is communicating this right now to the church, to us. I mean, this is powerful. I have one other uh, slide up there. Can you pull that slide up there? I had a few takeaways for us. And then I want to end and shift. Mm. How about that one right there? There we go. Everyone has a voice and your voice matters. Go to the next one. In the coming days, you must find your voice through the word concerning controversial and cultural issues. I right, Chad shared a word with us here last Sunday if you were here really draw the line of demarcation where where we feel we are as a church and where we're going. But I, I'm telling you guys, as believers, as Christians, we have to begin to find our voice in the word of God. We have to begin to find our voice in what the word says over the cultural issues that are raging and that are going to really try to rip the church apart because the reality is it's not going away. And there's a lot of cultural issues out there that stand before us. And there is a huge invitation to really dig into the word, to get, a biblical view. But here's where discipleship counts and is a part of this process. See, a lot of people can agree with we need to stand on the word, but that's really not the problem. You know what the problem is? It's the interpretation of the word. History is filled with people taking the word of God and knowing it, but having a really wrong inter- interpretation and doing a lot of damage but having discipleship, having community, having people to weigh as you process what the word of God is saying over a lot of issues and challenges in the days ahead will help keep you. It'll help make a strong foundation. In that next one. To me, overturning Roe v. Wade, guys, this is a sign to the global church that God wants abortion to end. Period. <laughs> 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 If, if this story doesn't do it for you. And the natural thing is, it's an invitation to partner with what he wants. That's the whole heartbeat of prayer. It's to agree with what God wants. But we have to see what, what he's agreeing with. When we do that, obviously we naturally put a target on our backs, especially in the culture we live in. But you have to come to a decision in your own, own life of are you willing to be that target? Are you willing to stand out and use your voice in the days ahead? because you have to use your voice. Hit that next one. The church should not feel guilty in celebrating this massive answer to prayer, guys. There should should be no way we should feel guilty. Is there work ahead of us? Absolutely. But you can't stop thinking there's been a lot of work that's got us to this point. It'd be like the prodigal son when he came home and the dad said, okay, you're home, go back to work. He took a moment to kill a fatted calf, put the ring on his finger, put the robe around him. He took a moment to enjoy the moment. And that's a really powerful thing. And so I just want to, if you're feeling guilty this morning, if you've struggled with that through this week, there is absolutely no reason why you should feel guilty. This is what God is doing and what he's saying in this nation. Last one. Agree with God in prayer to end abortion and also to pray to raise up adoption movements in his place. You can either be part of the problem or the solution. I believe in the place of prayer, we get activated to actually act out what he's speaking to us. And I do believe that there is gonna be a lot of opportunities in the days ahead to help uh, bring adoption movements, to help see things raise up, to help offset this. What would it look like if if God just begins to release the spirit of adoption all over this nation? I mean, think about it in the Bible, guys. This isn't new. When In the days of Pharaoh, when he put a, a decree to kill all the firstborn that he was trying to kill Moses. Look what happened. Moses came out of that. Same way with Herod. Herod put a decree to kill all the children of Bethlehem. Who came out of that? Jesus of Nazareth. What if, what if with the ending of this, this overruling, this overturning, what if now every baby that's born from this point forward is marked as a deliverance generation that's going to come and release adoption all over this place? Guys, it is unbelievable to me. And I believe that our role is just to find out where we belong. But I kid you not, you will never think of this story ever again in the same way. Horton hears a who. I think Horton is a great example for us to be in the days ahead. We want to have ears to hear what God is saying and what God is doing. It's so important. It's so powerful. I'm going to close with this last story. I was in North Carolina. My dad always had a heart to gather pastors to pray in the city that he grew up in. And a businessman gave him a house. It was terrible. It was, it, was, it was just a bad house. And so my dad was going to fix it up and use it as a prayer house for p- pastors in the city. So he grabbed me at 17, 18 years old. And every on Saturday, I had to work on that house, scrubbing, cleaning, painting. I mean, we did it for like a year. And when my dad finished the house, it, it was only used for a month for prayer. And then a lady came by and said, hey, I work for the coastal pregnancy crisis center in our, in our town. We're trying to help young moms and uh, foster and adopt, uh, keep kids that, that they're not having abortions and we need an office. Can we have your, can we have your house? And so my dad was really conflicted about it, but he prayed and God spoke to him. He goes, it's yours. So he realized we did all that work to turn it over to this pregnancy center. And I remember they were, they were elated. About five years goes by. They contact my dad and me and they bring us to the house I'll never forget it, guys. We walked in, we saw the wall and it was littered with pictures of all kinds of beautiful children. And they said, we just want to let you know that these are all the children that have been saved since we've been in this house. And I didn't know it then as a teenager, but God was already working in my heart to see how he sees the value of life in the womb. It's really important that we have that understanding and revelation of how God sees life in the days ahead. It'll really keep you rooted. Yep. Isn't that an awesome story? It's really good. Maddie Joy, what do you got? Uh-huh. And all the boys said it was no girls allowed. Uh-oh. said, stand behind me because, because all the boys won't let you in. And I was like, I'm brave. I can get inside myself. Wow. You are brave. I wish I had a microphone so everybody could hear that. That is incredible, Maddie Joy. I'll tell you what I like to do. Yeah, you got something? So, I was in kids' church. Yeah. Do we have a microphone, by the way? Can I get that? Can one of you kids, there we go. What do you got? Um, so one time I was in the kids church and I was just mind my own business, doing my thing, and then the Lord just said to me that I should go up and preach on the stage and I've been wanting to do that for like a while now every Sunday, but I've been always too shy to say it. Wow. Well, I think this is as good a time as any. How about prayer? Would you be would you be bold enough? You want to say a prayer right now? Okay. What do you want to pray for? The world. Why don't you go ahead and pray for the world? You ready? Also pray life. Go ahead. Dear God, thank you for the world that you've given us and the life that you've given us and the food. Thank you for everything and that you're good to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo, amen. Come on. Anybody else? Anybody else want to pray? Who else wants to pray? I think it'd be good to have some of you guys pray. Anybody else bold enough? Who's got to pray? Right, come here, buddy. Come right here. Go ahead. Dear Lord, hope have a good rest of the day and we just love you, Lord. And You're a good God. You created everything. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. That is awesome. Thank you, buddy. (laughs) Does anybody want to pray, especially about this story, about, about what I was talking about and the importance of life in our country? Yes? Okay. You want to go ahead and say it? So one time I was at the playground and all the boys said it was no girls allowed. And I was with Judson and we were putting up signs uh, with chalk that said girls are allowed on the playground. And Judson was said when we were walking up to the playground, Judson said to hide behind his back because because the boys wouldn't let me in. And I said, I'm brave, so I can get in there by myself. Wow. <laughs> Maddie Joy, you want to pray? You have a third. You want to pray? Mm, you want to pray? No? Did you want to pray? Here you go. Dear Lord, please fill our lives with your presence. Thank you for everything that you've done for us. Thank you that you're such a good Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross for us. And thank you for everything. Thank you for everybody that's born. And thank you for all the animals, all the food, and the water, and everything that can help us survive on the earth. Amen. Amen. Wow.